Greetings and salutations. I am Ken Barrios, your success coach. I hope you unleash your talents and maximize your impact without compromising your time. It is my pleasure to read the 16 Laws of Success by Napoleon Hill, written in 1928 and now public domain. My hope is that you will take from these small segments of reading the insight and wisdom of a philosophy that has over a hundred years of practical experimentation. With that said, let us begin. The Law of Success, Lesson 5, Initiative and Leadership. Quote, you can do it if you believe you can. Quote, before you proceed to the mastery of this lesson, your attention is directed to the fact that there is perfect coordination of thought running throughout this course. You will observe that the entire 16 lessons harmonize and blend with each other so that they constitute a perfect chain that has been built, link by link, out of the factors that enter into the development of power through organized effort. You will observe, also, that the same fundamental principles of applied psychology form the foundation of each of these 16 lessons, although different applications is made of these principles in each of the lessons. This lesson, on initiative and leadership, follows the lesson of self-confidence for the reason that no one could become an efficient leader or take the initiative in any great undertaking without belief in himself. Initiative and leadership are associated in terms in this lesson for the reason that Leadership is essential for the attainment of success, and initiative is the very foundation upon which the necessary quality of leadership is built. Initiative is as essential to success as a hub is essential to a wagon wheel. And what is initiative? It is that exceedingly rare quality that prompts, nay, impels, a person to do what which ought to be done without being told. Albert Hubbard expressed himself on the subject of initiative in the words, quote, the world bestows its big prizes, both in money, honors, for one thing, that is initiative. What is initiative? I'll tell you. It is doing the right thing without being told. But next to doing the right thing without being told, to do it when you are told once. That is, say, carry the message to Garcia. Quote, quote. Those who can carry a message get high honors, but their pay is not always in proportion. Next, there are those who do the right thing when necessity kicks the them from behind, and these get indifference instead of honors and pittance of pay. This kind of spend most of the time polishing a bench with heart with a hard luck story. Then still, lower down in the scale, this when we have a fellow who has not do the right thing even when someone else goes along to show him how and stays to see that it, he does it. He is always out of a job and receives the contempt he deserves unless he has a rich paw in which case destiny patiently awaits around the comer with a stuffed club. To which class do you belong? Question mark. End quote. And as much as you will be expected to take inventory of yourself and determine which of the 15 factors of this course you need most, after you have completed the 16th lesson, it may be well if you begin to ready for this analysis by answering the question that Albert Hubbard had asked. To which class do you belong? One of the peculiarities of leadership is the fact that it is never found in those who have not acquired the habit of taking the initiative. Leadership is something that you must invite yourself into. It will never thrust itself upon you. It will carefully, If you carefully analyze all the leaders whom you know, you will see that they not only exercised initiative, but they went about their work with a definite purpose in mind. You will also see that they possess the quality 
described in the third lesson of this course, self-confidence. These facts are mentioned in the lesson of this for the reason that it will profit you to observe that successful people make use of all the factors covered by the 16 lessons of this course, and for more important reason that it will profit you to understand thoroughly the principle of organized effort which this reading course is intended to establish in your mind. This seems an appropriate place to state that this course is not intended as a shortcut to success, nor is it intended as a mechanical formula that you may use in noteworthy achievement without effort on your part. The real value of this course lies in the use that you will make of it, and not in the course itself. The chief purpose of this course is to help you develop in yourself the 15 qualities covered by the 16 lessons of this course, and one of the most important of these qualities is initiative, the subject of this lesson. We will now proceed to apply the principle upon which this lesson is founded by describing in detail just it, how it is served successfully to complete a business transaction with most people would call difficult. In 1916, I needed $25,000 with which to create an educational institution, but I had neither the sum nor the sufficient collateral with which to borrow it through the usual banking sources. Did I bemoan my fate or think that I was accomplished if some rich relative or good Samaritan would come to my rescue by loaning me the necessary capital? I did nothing of the sort. I did just what you will be advised throughout this course to do. First of all, I made the securing of this capital my definite chief aim. Second, I laid out a complete plan to which to transform this aim into reality. Backed by sufficient self-confidence and spurred on by initiative, I proceeded to put my plan into action. But before the, quote, action stage, quote, of the plan had been reached, more than six weeks of constant, persistent study and effort and thought were embodied in it. If a plan is to be sound, it must be built of careful, chosen material. You will here observe the application of the principle of organized effort through the operation of which it is possible for one to ally or associate several interests in such a way that each of these interests is greatly strengthened and each supports all others, just as one link in a chain supports all other links. I wanted this $25,000 in capital for the purpose of creating a school of advertising and salesmanship. Two things were necessary for the organization of such a school. One was the $25,000 capital, with which I did not have, and the other was the proper course of instruction, which I did have. My problem was to align myself with some group of men who needed that which I had and who would supply the $25,000. The alliance had to be made through a plan that would benefit all concerned. After my plan had been completed, I was satisfied that it was equitable and sound. I laid it before the owner of a well-known and reputable business college, which just then was finding completion quite keen and was badly in need of a plan for meeting this com competition. My plan was presented in about these words. Whereas you would have one of the most reputable business colleges in a city, and whereas you'll need some plan with which to meet this stiff competition in your field, and whereas your good reputation was provided you with all the credit you need, and whereas I have the plan that will help you meet this competition successfully, but it resolved that we ally ourselves through a plan that will give you that which you need and at the same time supply me with something which I need. Then I proceed to unfold my plan further with these words. Break, break. I would like to have a quick word from our sponsor. Thank you for your time. 
let's get back to the reading. I have written a very practical course on advertising and salesmanship. Having built this course out of my actual experience in training and directing salesmen and my experience in planning and directing many successful advertising campaigns, I have back of it plenty of evidence of its soundness. If you will use your credit in helping market this course, I will place you in a, your business college as one of the regular departments of your curriculum and take entire charge of this newly created department. No other business college in the city will be able to meet your competition for the reason that no other college has such a course as this. The advertising that you do in marketing this course will serve also to stimulate the demand for your regular business course. You may charge the entire amount that you spend for this advertising to my department and the advertising bill will be paid out of that department, leaving you the cumulative advantage that you will accrue to your other departments without cost to you. Now, I suppose you will want to know where I profit by this transaction, and I will tell you. I want you to enter into a contract with me in which it will be agreed that when the cash receipts from the department equal the amount that you have paid out or contracted to pay out for advertising, my department and my course in advertising and salesmanship become my own, and I may have the privilege of separating this department from your school and running it under my own name. The plan was agreeable and the contract was closed. Please keep in mind that my definite purpose was to secure the use of $25,000 for which I had no security to offer. And in a little less than a year, the business college had paid out slightly more than $25,000 for advertising and marketing, my course, and the other expenses incidental to the operations of the newly organized department. While the department had collected and turned back to the college, in tuition fees as some equaling the amount the college had spent, I took the department over as a going and self-sustaining business according to the terms of my contract. As a matter of fact, this newly created department not only served to attract students for the other departments of the college, but at the same time, the tuition fees collected through this new department were sufficient to place it on a self-sustaining basis before the end of the first year. Now you can see that while the college did not loan me one penny of actual capital, it nevertheless supplied me with a credit which served exactly the same purpose. I said that my plan was founded upon equi equity, that it contemplated a benefit to all parties concerned. The benefit occurring to me was the use of $25,000, which resulted in an established and self-sustaining business by the end of the first year. The benefit accruing to the college was the students secured cured for its regular commercial and business course as a result of the money spent in advertising by my department, all advertising having been under the name of the college. Today, that college, that business college, is one of the most successful schools of its kind, and it stands as a monument to sound evidence that which demonstrate the value of allied effort. This incident has been related not alone because it shows the value of the initiative and leadership, but for the reason that it leads up to the subject covered by the next lesson of the reading course of the Law of Success, which is imagination. There are generally many, many plans through the operation of which a desired object may be achieved, and it is often happens to be true that the obvious usual methods employed are not the best. The usual method of procedure in the case related would have been that of borrowing from a bank, you can see that this method was impractical. In this case, 
for the reason that no collateral was available. A great philosopher once said, quote, initiative is the pass key that opens the door to opportunity, quote. I do not recall who the philosopher was, but I know that he was a great because the soundness of his statement. He will now proceed to the outline of the exact procedure that you must follow if you are to become a person of initiative and leadership. First, you must master the habit of procrastination and eliminate it from your makeup. This habit of putting off until tomorrow, which you have done last week or last year or a score of years ago, is gnawing at your very vitals of your being, and you can accomplish nothing until you throw it off. The method through which you will eliminate procrastination is based upon a well-known and scientifically tested principle of psychology, which has been referred to in the two preceding lessons of this course of auto-suggestion. Copy the following formula and place it conspicuously in your room, where you'll see it as you retire at night and as you arise in the morning. Regardless of what you are doing now, every day brings you face-to-face with a chance to render some service outside of the course of your regular duties that will be of value to others in rendering this additional service of your own accord. You, of course, understand that you are not doing so with the object of receiving monetary pay. You are rendering this service because it provides you with ways and means of exercising, developing, and making stronger the aggressive spirit of initiative which you must possess before you could ever become an outstanding figure in the affairs of your chosen field or life work. Those who work for money alone and who receive for their pay nothing but money are always underpaid, no matter how much they receive. Money is necessary, but the big prices of life cannot be measured in dollars and cents. No amount of money can possibly be made to take the place of the happiness and joy and pride that belong to the person who digs a better ditch, or builds a better chicken coop, or sweeps a cleaner floor, or cooks a better meal. Every normal person loves to create something that is better than the average. The joy of creating a work of art is a joy that cannot be replaced by money or any other form of material possession. I have in my employ a young lady who opens, assorts, and answers much of my personal mail. She began in my employ more than three years ago. Then her duties were to take dictation when she was asked to do so, her salary was about the same as that which other received for similar service. One day I dictated the following motto, which I asked her to typewrite for me. Remember that your only limitation is the one that you set up in your own mind. As she handed the typewritten page back to me, she said, quote, Your motto has given me an idea that is going to be of value to both you and me. Quote. I told her I was glad to have been of service to her. The incident made no particular impression on my mind, but from that day on, I could see that it had made a tremendous impression on her mind. She began to come to the office after supper and perform services that she was neither paid for nor expected to perform. Without anyone telling her to do it, she began to bring to my desk letters that she had answered for me. She had studied my style, and these letters were attended to as well as I could have done it, in some instances much better. She kept up this habit until my personal secretary resigned. When I began to look for someone to take his place, what was more natural than turn to this young lady to fill that place. Before I had time to give her the position, she took it on her initiative. My personal mail began to come come to my desk with a new secretary's name attached, and she was that secretary. On her own time, after hours, without additional pay, she had prepared herself for the best position on my staff. But that is not all. 
this young lady became so noticeably efficient that she began to attract the attention of others who offer her attractive positions. I have increased her salary many times, and she now receives a salary more than four times as large as the amount she received when she first went to work for me as an ordinary stenographer. And, to tell you the truth, I am helpless in the matter, because she has made herself so valuable to me that I cannot get along without her. That is initiative, transformed into practical, understandable terms. I would be remiss in my duties if I failed to direct your attention to an advantage, other than a greatly increased salary that this young lady's initiative has brought her. It has developed in her a spirit of cheerfulness that brings her happiness, which most stenographers never know. Her work is not work it. It is a great interest game and interesting game and at which she is playing. Even though she arrives at the office ahead of the regular stenographers and remains there long after they have watched the clock tick off 5 o'clock and quitting time, her hours are shorter by far than are those of the other workers. Hours of labor do not drag on the hands of those who are happy at their work. This brings us to the next step in our description of the exact procedure that you must follow in developing initiative and leadership. Initiative and leadership. Having chosen a definite chief aim as my life's work, I will now understand it to be my duty to transform this purpose into reality. Therefore, I will form the habit of taking some definite action each day that will carry me one step nearer the attainment of my definite chief aim. I know that procrastination is a deadly enemy of all who become leaders in any undertaking, and I will eliminate this habit from my makeup by A. Doing some one definite thing each day that ought to be done without anyone telling me to do it. B. Looking around until I find at least one thing that I can do each day that I have not been in the habit of doing and that I would be of value to others without expectation of pay. C. Telling at least one other person each day of the value of practicing this habit of doing something that ought to be done without being told to do it. I can see that the muscles of the body become strong in proportion to the extent to which they are used. Therefore, I understand that the habit of initiative also becomes fixed in portion to the extent that it is practiced. I realize that the place to begin developing the habit of initiative is the small, commonplace things connected with my daily work. Therefore, I will go at my work each day as if I were doing it solely for the purpose of developing the necessary habit of initiative. I understand that by practicing this habit of taking the initiative in connection with my daily work, I will not only be developing that habit, but I will also be attracting the attention of those who will place greater value on my services as a result of this practice. Signed. Thank you for your time today. I hope you learned as much as I did in this reading. If you ever desire to connect with me, you can email me at kb at keybravo.com. That is kb at keybravo.com. Have a wonderful day and may you be blessed with all the success you endeavor.